Welcome, everybody, to Broadcast Team Alpha, where we bring you cutting-edge conversation while exploring the quantum possibilities. And we are so going to do it again tonight with one of our favorite guests. And Augie's going to tell you about him shortly. But as always, I want to open with some gratitude. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your lively chat. Thank you for the personal messages that you send us. And I just want to do a shout out to our friends over at Conscious Awakening Network. Conversation. Um, exploring the quantum possibility. Sorry, I'm I'm hearing background noise. Sorry, guys. Um, I want to do a shout out to our friends over at Conscious Awakening Network. Really go over there and check out what's going on. You'll find Augie and myself streaming over there right now and you're going to find some other um, interesting offerings from us and some of our esteemed colleagues that we just love co-creating with so definitely worth taking a trip over there and we want to invite you to become a member to our youtube membership group mac will put the link in the chat and you'll be able to join us for exclusive content only for the members. And, you know, Augie and I test drive some really sensitive information, some uh, some vulnerable information there. And, uh, you know, Augie is prolific with his videos. So um, I highly recommend you go and check them all out. So without any further ado, Augie, please tell us yes. about our guest. Yes, and here we are again. We have... Uh... A uh, an American that lives in Germany, and this is Frank Jacob, of course, and we are so glad to have him here. And uh, it is two in the morning over there, so he is uh, wearing sunglasses, so we don't see his red shot eyes. <laughs> anyway, uh, Frank, 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 Frank always looks good. Frank always looks good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I was just trying to have a little bit of fun here. But for those of you that also like to surf the website at the same time you're listening to the show, here is his um, his website is uh, www.imdb.com. Imdb.com. Oh, and no. <laughs> say again? <laughs> That's my IMDb site. You should just go yeah. to jacob.com. Hello. <laughs> All right. Uh, say that again, Frank. Yeah, tell us again the accurate one. Well, since I'm jumping in here, hello, Augie. Yeah, hello. jump in. Yes. Oh, welcome, uh, Frank. Well, if you're going to do welcome. that. Yeah, thanks. Um, okay. Best, best website is frankjacob.com. I think somehow you got the IMDb website mixed in there with my you with my bio oh. uh, you are a link tree, but forget it. You know, frankjacob.com is probably the easiest place. That okay. way, people remember yeah. where to go. And here we are Perfect. at two a.m. in Bavaria, Germany. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see to that it is in the text below, so it'll be there. But I do want to say a couple of few things about uh, Frank because. Uh, he is really out there. Frank is an international award-winning filmmaker and most known for his uh, films on The Ultimate Rush, Solar Revolution, and Packing for Mars. And I just, here a day ago, I watched Packing for Mars, and I tell you folks, you got to see that movie because it is so real. 
and it is so good. And uh, he is also sought after a guest on the radio, TV guests, and he is a frequent speaker at conferences. And uh, he's going to be here in the United States in Las Vegas here in about three months or so for a big conference up there. And uh, I'll have him speak a little bit on that. And uh, he speaks on so many different subjects like transhumanism, AI, secret technologies, human evolution, timelines, parallel universes and parallel worlds, time travel, and the looking glass. I seem to remember he actually was the one that broke the story on the looking glass. That is that technology that can see the future. And uh, I don't know where we're going to end up on this show because uh, uh, he can go just about anywhere. But there's two things that is on a lot of people's mind right now. And that uh, one of them is transhumanism and the other one is AI, artificial okay. intelligence. And uh, we, maybe we could start with AI. But uh, before I say any more, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Aga and Nori. Uh, of course. Thank you. So good to have you. And thank you for getting up at 2 a.m. To, to be here with us. And I just want to say, guys, if there's a little bit of a lag or an awkward moment in between us responding, I'm on the phone um, today, so that it might be my fault. And I just want to say a shout out to everybody in the chat room. So, Frank, I was reading an article today um, this is probably more about transhumanism, but isn't that AI as well? I mean, ultimately. Well, yes, they're they're definitely related. Um, mm -hmm. Although you know they're they're two different topics, but you you could say that um, the transhumanist agenda will lead us yeah. into a world that is dominated by. AI essentially by artificial intelligence because the yeah. artificial intelligence represents the silicon world and humanity the biological version of it at least represents the carbon world and we're in the middle yeah. of kind of decarbonizing our planet because carbon is such a sinful you know oh. even though it's one of the four building blocks of of matter <laughs> of our physical yeah. world it's become one of the most yeah. dangerous substances known to the universe of man so um mm. and we're now moving to silicon and transhumanism is the migration of human consciousness at least according to the wet dreams of the progenitors of that idea like mm -hmm. ray kurzweil mm -hmm. yuval harari who's their prophet and others who kind of want to trans um you know mutate consciousness which they believe resides between our ears uh, and mm -hmm. downloaded in some form or other and transfer for it into some um you know immortal vehicle mm -hmm. so that they can mm -hmm. become gods that's where mm -hmm. they want to go they want to become immortal gods and there's that famous yeah. Uh, you know, saying by Yuval Harari, when you see his website, or if you see him talking on uh, the World Economic Forum conferences, he says that history began when mankind invented gods, and it'll end when man becomes gods. So that's kind of where they're going. And because they say that because they believe that artificial intelligence is the superior form of consciousness, and that we will not be able to keep up 
with artificial intelligence and therefore we have to merge with artificial intelligence and that is what transhumanism kind of is in a nutshell and that way it does mm-hmm. and it does relate to mm-hmm. artificial intelligence yes and and you know all of that might not be so so bad if if it were just cordoned off to the people who agree with it but that's not the agenda, you know, and the agenda started with the mRNA, you know, and and it's going to be rolled out pretty much against the will of the people that don't want it. Is that true? Well, you know, you're taking some chances here by mentioning those four letters uh, on YouTube. But yes, absolutely. I think it has a lot to do with the final um, stretch of a plan that has been in formation okay. for well over a hundred years, uh, leading right. us toward this form of society. And these, um, you know, those four letters and the, and the Beetlejuice uh, yeah. that are, you know, yeah. transferred <laughs> to the human bloodstream have within them the operating system that will actually assemble us internally, which is the I think the freakiest part of the information that I've encountered in the last you know year has led yeah. to the realization of something that I talked about with some of the people that are actually studying and analyzing the Beetlejuice globally. Mm-hmm. One of them is Dr. Anna Melchia. Uh, she is uh, running a practice, uh, a clinic where she has access to dark field microscopy, microscopy, mm-hmm. and, and which allows her to look at live blood um, samples, and she can see the um, development of certain neural networks on a nanoscale within our system, which is in a way, and and also the development of microchips and little you know robot nanobots they call xenobots. Uh, which, you know, for many, many decades sounded like science fiction, but now are basically reality. And I think it's very, very scary for a lot of people to realize that, hey, you know, Ray Kurzweil's idea was to kind of download the human brain. They even had ideas of freezing it and then slicing it into microscopic little <laughs> like pieces. You know, I mean, it's amazing. It's sort of crazy what they're thinking, how yeah. they were going to do it. But, um, okay, here we go. Um, um, so... You know what? What's happened is that it's gone. It's gone from the idea of a physical, um, you know, transferring our brains. Like some people even thought, cut their heads off, freeze it uh, cryogenically, and then in three hundred years, when they figured out how to transfer your brain into a hard drive, then thought, you know. But now with this new um, technology, which we're talking about, it's really an operating system to convert. Um, you know, substances which have been accumulating in our bloodstream, like I've been saying, this goes back a long way for, for really decades. Um, and which is, you know, I mean, I can even show you a quick screenshot, you know, if, if it's all right, just, you know, you can see a, some of the latest um, nanopathology studies that have been done. Here's one by Antoinette Gatti, and she's showing that, you know, toxic metals in the body are, are among the highest rise in unexplainable co- uh, like particles and they're shown here by these red um different you know dots here that I've marked those those uh, are aluminum barium uh lead and uranium 
uh, and yeah. they have no place, they have no business being in our bloodstream. Uh, but what's happening is that the uh, Beetlejuice contains an operating system, which actually then will assemble those things into those strange microchips that we're talking about. And that's not crazy because there's even in their own patents, here's a quick screenshot as, as well of that, uh, that actually confirms something I've been thinking a long time, that it's an, that it's an operating system technology that they've injected um and that is um that's what's gonna you know actually internally build us you know into these um future uh potentially this is just my theory no i mean i'm still looking for the answers from the experts but i mean there's even uh when you look at the last terminator film called genesis i was shocked i think back last fall i was doing some research and i was tired at night and sometimes i just want to put on something and vegetate and not think at the end of the day and of course this film you know, <laughs> i hadn't seen the last terminator with arnold so yeah, I put it, what is what do i see in that film a scene where there's this guy that you know this this guy that comes back in time who um they, they, you know, Arnold comes out and, you know, blows him away and they scream at him for, you know, they thought he was a good guy. Well, no, he isn't. And what happens? He's lying there in a pool of blood and he suddenly the blood congeals back into his body and he gets up and he goes, well, he shakes himself back out of it. He goes, well, that hurt. Right. And he's talking about the technology. They're showing the technology as Hollywood uh-huh. is due of what this Beetlejuice is actually doing within us right now. And I'd like to know that. That's one of the questions I had for some of the German health minister politicians, uh, but like, hey, what is all this stuff that we're being uh, was is being filmed and photographed and stuff? So we'd like to know. I'm sure many people would like to know because we weren't asked. I mean, no one asked me and said, "Hey, Frank, you know, do you mind if I just you know uh, put this stuff in your uh, in your blood and and uh, and build you into a, a robot from within? Is that all right with you?" Nobody asked that, right? So okay, August right. biting at the I, I gotta remind us that we're still on YouTube, right? Right, we're on YouTube, but I'm trying to t- carefully steer no, away. No, from you're doing a great vague. job with your language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm being vague. I'm being vague. I'll, I'll, I'll steer away Very. from it so we can get back into. Very nice. You know, and essentially, you know, we want to um, stay away from conspiracy theories, people. That you know that the Beetlejuice is what it is. Uh, but it is funny that you're finding all these things they are being photographed and it seems to lead to that one conclusion, which leads us back to the topic of what you started with today, which was transhumanism and artificial intelligence. Yeah, and uh, I, also, I think it was the uh, CEO of Motorola, uh, or uh, I think it was one of the major uh, cell phone companies. He says by 2030, he says, we will no longer need to carry these things around because it'll be all throughout our body. And all we have to do is to think about somebody and set a mental sequence in place. And bingo, we have mental contact with them through the Internet, the cloud and to the other person. Right. Wow. Well, this is what Yuval has been talking about. He's been talking about how we've now penetrated under the skin and that they're actually converting us um, into they've got patents for this stuff. You know, they where they can read your body's movement uh, and they can generate a score and, you know, figure out where you are geographically uh, so that they can tie you into another important thing. Aspect of the transhumanist society is to get us all kind of tied into a database where we have our biometric ID uh, connected to our social media, to our bank accounts, to our presence out there in the world. 
And, you know, this is, I think, one of the key elements that is going to make this all possible for them is to convince enough people to kind of enter into this virtual world, this virtual reality. They call it the metaverse. Yeah. You know, and I've I've even got a couple of screenshots here, like the metaverse is something here, like you're seeing now the Apple Vision Pro was just released, right? And many thousands of people were drooling all over this technology, you know, and it's essentially, it's a quantum leap even from where uh, um, Zuckerberg wanted to go with his Facebook metaverse, which is an essentially Mm -hmm. trying to kind of get us into a virtual holographic world, a simulation, so that we begin to explore the world simply wearing goggles or whatever they're going to give us. Maybe it'll be even less, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, invasive. Uh, and, you know, and they'll just bring us to a point where we are digital beings. It's the first mm-hmm. step toward transferring our physical bodies into a digital body. Uh, eventually, I guess they are really thinking that we will move away from the biological being because they see that, that this is the scary part, right? Um, Nori and, and, and Aga, they see our bodies as something that's inferior, that that's flawed. Yeah, yeah. They look at us right. as a series of code. The DNA is just <clears throat> simply code, which is hackable. Yuval Harari calls us hackable animals. You can just you know look on YouTube and you'll see lots of speeches where he talks about us as only being hackable animals. And so that this is how they view us, because let's not let's not forget that the majority of scientists out there are living in an atheistic, um, heliospheric, um, uh, or heliocentric, sorry, version of the universe mm-hmm. where there is no creator. There is only just the Big Bang and everything happened by accident. And so, you know, there's some, there's no creator and no guiding force, then, um, and they can decipher how the creation was built, how the matrix, you know, uh, what, what all the, you know, the magic behind the matrix, let's just say, then they can try to hack it and make it what they call better, right? They think they can hack our DNA right. and they can eliminate diseases. Um, they can, you know, people that have lost limbs or have become, you know, handicapped or compromised by some injuries or some whatever, uh, they can fix those things. Um, and of course, that's very, um, and that's very enticing. And it's very interesting mm-hmm. for people to think that, hey, wow, you know, I could become an invincible, perfect person they could fix all the genetic flaws okay and uh, now this is very enticing and of course you know i'm not going to say that somebody who's missing a limb isn't going to be interested in this technology and in fact the cutting edge of the research on the technology is in that direction so they're going to sell us on this technology for altruistic purposes but the problem is that the people who are doing this work aren't necessarily uh, living on a very high ethical or moral standard or have any kind of spiritual foundation. So they're all about materialism. And if there's no um, body that comes in and sort of says, wait a minute here, like, um, you know, everything you're talking about sounds great, but let's not forget, like, if you're talking about genetic flaws and you're talking about health issues and problems, um, you can actually trace those to dietary mal, like bad dietary practices and the way our society has been built up on artificiality, on preservatives, mm-hmm. on chemicals in our system. If we eliminate all that right. stuff and we get back to nature, our bodies actually are virtually invincible. I mean, they used to live hundreds of years, you know, as was documented. And, and there's no reason to think that we couldn't make an evolutionary leap 
at our genome level, on a biological level, to enter into kind of a superhuman state without having to adopt artificiality. But they're not telling us about yeah. that because that's the more difficult, um, disciplined way of getting there. Uh, you can't just take a pill and everything is solved. You actually have to right. you know, become a spiritual person. You have to become a more holistic person. You have to think about things that may affect your real estate because your body is, in a sense, your real estate. And if you don't know how your body works and your own real estate, then, well, you know, in a way, shame on you, because that is the gift that you were given to navigate through. And if you've polluted it and you've neglected it and you've accepted the stories that were given to you by these um, heliocentric based atheistic scientists as to how the nature of reality is, well, then you're going to be misled down the garden path toward this transhumanist artificial world without even having realized what you really had under your nose the whole time that you could have achieved exactly. right that's the scariest part for me personally is to know that you know we didn't really give us a chance right now we already are entering into the transhumanist uh, artificial intelligence world without even having a chance to have developed who we really are as human beings to our fullest capacity Exactly. And I was thinking before when you were talking about the or Augie was talking about the whatever they're going to put into each other's heads so that we can think about each other and have have communication with each other through the computer. Well, there's a lot of us out there who are starting to practice that right now, you know, and and being diligent about honing our spiritual our spiritual life, you know, so that we can do that without having to have something artificial put in our head. And to your point, Frank, which, you know, you're preaching to the choir about taking care of your body. Um, I was just see, uh, reading today, this, I found this doctor who I thought was fabulous, but based on the amount of money he's asking people for um, consultations, I'm not sure what side he's on, but his point is we have to stop growing cancer. So to me, that was so clear that yeah. it's it's not just something that that happens. You know, it's not just the odds are not with us, you know, that we have power and we have choice and we can, we can do something about, you know, these these maladies that happen to us that that we kind of choose, you know. Yeah, and I think it's almost to the point right now that uh, Elon Musk's uh, brain chip that he's developing is already yeah. outdated because they have the capabilities now through the nanobots that is already in about half the population of the world right now. I think they have the capability of assembling themselves into, a, like you said, a computer chip. And from there on, their selling point, I know it, I, I don't think it's come yet, but I know the selling point is going to be that for those of you that go along with this, you will have all the knowledge and the information on the internet at your disposal. Well, that, well you, no, please go. Yes. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. I mean, that's their selling point. And it's clear because, you know, we're, <laughs> We're talking about materialists here, and selling is an important part of materialism. And the neural networks that you know we have in our brain are actually being emulated 
Um, I mean, it goes back to, you know, the 50s and 60s and the, the famous Delgado experiments where you took a bull, you know, in, the, in a bull, a raging bull in a bullfight. And by hooking them up to sensors, he was able to pacify this back in the 1960s. So, you know, they've been this technology and this research has not stopped then. It just has been expanded since then. And you know, it's kind of like really crazy, this this kind of Frankenstein, you know, world that they've developed, because I was just, you know, I had every now and then. And I mean, actually, what am I saying? Quite often in my life, mm-hmm. I pick up on people on the other side of the planet or any someplace else. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like I think mm-hmm. of a person and if mm-hmm. I'm clear and if I'm still and not, you know, my brain isn't just flustered with gazillions of ideas and thoughts and things like that. Um, I, I pick up those things and it's amazing. Then all of a sudden, like, you know, for example, I was just thinking of somebody that uh, that knows the um, inventor that knew the inventor of the chronovisor personally and spent many, many hours with them. And uh, they're living in another country. And we spoke, I think, about half a year ago. And then we kind of left it like open, like, hey, we should reconnect at some point. And then just the other other day, uh, um, I was with Tanya Maidenford together, you know, who's my partner, the production partner in our films. You mentioned Packing for Mars earlier. Uh, and I was saying, hey, you know, we should actually reconnect with this person. And little did I, and I'd, be, I'd rece- been receiving a bunch of calls the last couple of days, but we're so heavily immersed in post-production on a new project that I've been ignoring everybody. <laughs> I've just been, you know, not answering. And sure enough, I went back in my phone log and, and uh, there was a call from this person. And it was, I traced it back really to the moment that I was thinking about her. Uh, and if that's not proof of our telepathic ability, as yeah. I don't know what it is, what is, exactly. you know, and this isn't, no, this isn't unusual. This happens to me quite often, mm-hmm. which means mm-hmm. that, you know, we all have inherent in us, the internet, the biological internet, the neural network that mm. exceeds out, outward, outside of our bodies into outside of time and space. And where there is another dimension, which uh, we function from. And in that dimension, we can also communicate with each other. And that is outside of time and space, like I said. And that means that it's instantaneous and it's not bound by the laws of physics um, as our bodies are. Uh, and again, you know, right. it's just a shame that we're not um, exploring this more actively, but instead are choosing a limited form of reality, which is fixed inside of the, you know, dimensions of time and space. I will ask anybody listening out there a simple question. How many times have you had the phone ring and you think of somebody at the same time and you grab phone and that's that person? Mm -hmm. It happens not all the time, but it happens ever so often to people. Yeah, it does. We covered it in our film, Solar Revolution. Yeah. It's right there in front of us if we recognize it. Nori, you sound like you want to say something. Nori? I do, I do. (laughs) The, um, you know, Musk and, you know, all those guys, are are they going to get these these implantable products? or are they just going to sell them and implant them in other people? What do you think? You know, I'm just, 
a lot of people ask that question about Elon Musk and, you know, it sounds, it seems like he's one of the good guys. And, but then again, he does things that, that make it seem like he's, he's not one of the good guys. Um, yeah. And it just all these technologies that, um, that he's been developing. Um, the, the answer for me is that, you know, he can't be tuned into real truth, uh, or at least he can't be aligned with presenting the real truth to the world because he keeps selling us on technologies which are obsolete, uh, such mm -hmm. as using rockets to get to Mars and SpaceX and all those things. Doesn't he know that teleportation has already been a reality? Doesn't he know that we no longer need rockets to get outside of the, you know, bubble around the planet and travel into in other, you know, planets and things like that. Doesn't he know that like a lot of people know that isn't he interested at all? And doesn't he mm -hmm. realize that the guy whose cars he's named after, Nikola Tesla, already had made right. communications with beings from other worlds at the turn of the uh, 18th to the 19th, 19th to the 20th century? Um, yeah. Is he not interested in this? Is he not? Does he not realize that there is such a thing as other forms of energy? So we don't need to use fossil fuels, or uh, we don't need to use um, any kind of like you know. I guess with the rockets, they use oxygen, like hydrogen peroxide, and uh, you know all these like outdated, old techno, like obsolete, old-fashioned technologies are being developed by him on a large, large scale. Mm -hmm. Does, isn't he interested in maybe developing a form of energy which would be free, not only for him, and make it possible for him to achieve much greater goals with his space program, and at the same time revolutionize <laughs> the planet by creating a form of energy freely available to everyone without having to destroy Mother Earth and the planet? Isn't Doesn't that interest him at all? And why did he spend $44 billion on Twitter and not, 40, not $4 billion uh, invest in setting up a campus where 10 of the most promising free energy inventors could get together without with their backs held free to develop this new technology in a very public way so that you couldn't just mm -hmm. squash it or or silence it or put them out of business is he not interested in that this is one of the questions i have for an elon right. musk because why yeah. don't you right. open your mouth he's opening his mouth about a lot of other stuff that is supposedly controversial, that people immediately call him an anti-Semite or they call him like a, a pro-Trumper or whatever it is. You know, that's <laughs> like a nasty word these <laughs> days. Um, <laughs> you know, ha he's happy to jump on and provoke in areas of topics that are that have been declared safe controversial topics by the mainstream exactly. media. Exactly. Right? It's like, it's so, you know, at, right? Yes. Yeah. So it makes me uh, it makes me ask: Is he reading from the approved script? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. the thing is, at some point, you got you have to realize you have to make that leap where you realize that what you're seeing mm -hmm. in the in the mainstream is just you know. Um, Hollywood uh, by ugly people in a way, you know, it's, it's all mm -hmm. scripted. It's all, there's all a narrative that's been created for the stage of the politicians in the world, which are put out on the, on the mainstream outlets, the television sets and the computer screens. But when you think about it, I mean, it sounds very, they make these people sound so powerful, like, Oh my God, yeah. Putin is going to meet with Trump and the handshake, you know, like, it's like, <laughs> right. and, and they, and they're all um, traversing on. And, you know, if you worked it out to the square mile of how much area those people actually, you know, move on 
you know, including their little parliamentary houses and their white houses, mm. whatever it is, mm-hmm. there's probably less than mm-hmm. 10 square miles of space that they use yeah. to, you know, they move around on and they, that's their stage, right? That they televise. And it seems like this giant global force. And yet the entire, the whole planet by comparison would make them seem like a grain of sand in terms of importance of physical size and physical you know? displacement. Mm-hmm. And yet we have given them the power by giving uh, giving our belief that they to them that they are something important and that they have decisions to make that are worth listening to and the minute we stop doing that the minute it's over for them they're all they're resting on the idea that we're giving them their power by our belief in them it's the same thing you could say that's going on you saw this bud light controversy right they people boycotted bud light right and then mm-hmm. what did they do they showed that Bud Light's stock tanked, right? They lost 25% of their stock mm-hmm. value overnight, which translated to $300 billion in revenue losses, right? And everyone was like, oh, wow. right? We, you know, <laughs> we took down Bud Light, right? Well, you know what? Bud Light is just a small company within a greater umbrella organization where $300 no, right. billion dollars means nothing, okay? So it's not right. really going to hurt them. But what's interesting about the Bud Light thing is that it's a key to how we actually can topple the bad guys because there's more of us than there is of them. Pure, sheer magnitude force of us versus them. And it shows you that if we were to say, for example, you know what? We're done paying taxes. All of us. We're going to boycott the IRS. All of us at the same time in America, right? Right. 380 million people suddenly say, we're not paying taxes. Guess how long it would take for the IRS to tank? It would be over. The political system would end because they're just sucking our energy because we believe we still need to pay them. We still believe in kind of that, that they need this money for the infrastructure, which they're not building. Last time I landed in America and got out of a plane and rented a car and got on the highway, it was like, boom, boom, boom. I felt like I was in Beirut, you know? I mean, you guys should come to Germany and drive the Autobahns. You don't feel, they say on the Autobahns, they have sign, slow down because there's a bump. And then I'm like, you know, bump? (laughs) What bump? (laughs) Was that a bump? (laughs) Like, boom, you know, that was it, right? For the next 50 kilometers, right? So, I mean, there's a difference, right? I'm not praising and proud of, like, you know, what's going on in Germany in the political spectrum, but I'm just making a bad example here. The question thing is, we have the power to do something. And so we can, so things like Bud Light are an incentive for us to kind of say, hey, we did it with Bud Light. You know, we could, there's something else coming on the horizon, you know, CBDCs, digital currencies. We could say, no, no, we're done. We're not doing that. We're off digital. Forget it, people. We're not doing it. What are they going to do? If we don't cooperate, they can't do anything. They can do nothing. Exactly. you know, so so these are the kind of um, ways I think that we can, you know, people always ask about solutions. How can we fix the problem? Yeah. And one of the reasons we don't fix the problem, and I know you want to jump in here, Aga, is yeah. because we rely on this idea of the white hat. The white hat mm-hmm. is going to come rolling into town and they're going right. to, they've already got the plan worked out people they and you know you just don't realize that they're working on the plan and just sit back eat the popcorn and drink your sodas you know all unhealthy things by the way but uh they're going to come rolling into town and they've got this plan worked out and they've had it worked out for a long time but it just isn't time yet for the plan meanwhile another you know ten thousand ukrainians have to die in a meaningless war 
and a bunch of other people have mm. to starve to death and etc cetera, etc cetera. this is all justified under the delay of the plan execution of the plan by the white hats plan ideology that people still to this day in the new age and awakening community believe in what they need to realize yeah. is that we are the white hats and the the bud light you know, boycott is the example of how we are could be activated, all of us as white hats, to shut down anything we don't agree with. Anything. No limitations exactly. whatsoever. Exactly. So absolutely. So well it, said. It may get to that. It, it may have to come to that. But you mentioned something here about 45 seconds ago about cryptocurrency. And I would, I'd like to have your opinion on how far do you think the government will force people to be part of that? I know they have ways to do that for people that is interacting with them all the time, like maybe Social Security and things like that. But private individuals that don't need anybody independent, will they actually force people to be part of this, do you think? Yes, they will. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They have to do it all or none. It's all in for them. There is no compromise. Mm -hmm. They have to move us onto a digital network connected with our biometric ID, because that is the next step in their execution, their plan. You know, I don't know if I showed it. Did I show it to you earlier? This this is a headline. Yeah, I think I showed it to you. Like Trudeau, right? And like here, this headline here says, you know, it's a quote from Klaus Schwab. It says, to me, the big question is, how are we going to, to go through this transformation? It cannot be gradual. It has to be driven by a certain shock that will happen, right? So the shock that he's talking about, we have to ask, like, what is that shock going to look like? There there could be lots of ways that a shock could be precipitated. A shock was COVID-19, right? It was a shock. How yeah. long did it take? A hundred and how many countries? 176, 180 countries in the world to get into lockstep. Two weeks? That would be impossible if you tried to negotiate a contract about, you know, the implementation of of a certain regulation <laughs> some in automobiles or something like that. It would, ne- it would take decades, right? But no... They showed in this shock situation that they could convert us into a lockstep concept within two weeks time if we had enough fear. And so fear is the ingredient. I guess, you know, the the way you can identify is when, you know, what they're going to do is by uh, the fear factor. How afraid are Mm -hmm. you of what's coming? And if it, you know, like, for example, they've done studies to figure out how long people would hold out if they were not allowed to, like if their cash was worthless. And they had to move right. to digital currency. Uh, there's going to be those people who put up a resistance. How long can they resist? What is the average? They've yeah. done studies. You know what the average is? Seventy-two hours. Really? That's, I was going to say three, three days, days, but yeah. So that's yeah. the average. That means there's going to be some hardcore people out there that will last a couple of weeks, and there's some people that are going to capitulate right away. Uh, essentially, they're going to bring. If you can't eat. And, you know, you're starving in your family and blah, 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 blah. You're going to go right. down and you're going to be afraid of dying. And we have a, ultimate, we've got a primal fear of death. I mean, in the ultimate sense, right. that's the biggest fear. We're afraid of death right. because they believe in a materialistic world where there is no spirit, there is no soul, there is no creator sense of you. You're not a creative being. You're uh, you're just a piece of meat, you know, with atoms and molecules that have smashed together so often to create consciousness. Um, of course, they're afraid of death, but they're ignoring the massive body of evidence and work by people that have created that have had near death experiences and been back to report on what happened. 
people like Eben Alexander that have, you know, that their whole neural networks, even the part, you know, he was a neuro neuroscientist, by the way, even the part that he as, you know, a skeptic used to believe was active that allowed for people to have these, what he called hallucinogenic experiences when they were in, you know, under, and they were seeing, you know, where their glasses were put in what drawer and the operating table, he still wrote that off as some kind of a hallucination picked up by a certain part of the brain. Even that part of the brain was dead in Eben Alexander. So in his experience, so that would, you know, there's no way to explain Situa certain situations and we don't talk about this in the mainstream and that if we did you know we would get past the idea that death is the end and we would if we had a, a society where we didn't you know fear death in that sense what would be left for them they wouldn't even be able to hold that in front of us and say oh you're gonna die right we're like all right all right so what you know i'm gonna move on my consciousness will move on uh, you know, so, you know, these ideas have to do with fear. So, the, I, you know, you're going back to your original question of will everybody do this? Yes, they will, because they will be afraid of whatever shock, as we just read, Klaus Schwab mm -hmm. and his buddies, Schwabsters, are going to be presenting to mm -hmm. us. The next shock experience will be hopefully one they can use to trigger something that they want to bring in. And that has to do with CBDCs, digital banking um, currency connected with our biometric ID. And if, if we are, you know, not vigilant, and if we continue to reside in this limited perspective of consciousness, then we will likely fall for their stupid trick, I'm afraid. Right. Right. Or, yes. <laughs> I mean, so what we, else does it come just, down to, right? Exactly, exactly. So I'm just going to just... Take a little side road for a minute, if I may. There's a question um, uh, Margaret in the chat room asks, um, what technology are the super soldiers using to regenerate? <clears throat> Do you know? Like the med beds? Or? Well, I don't believe um, in the med bed thing so much. Um, no? But I do know really? that, that um, the... They, for example, one of the things that they can do is they can regenerate neural networks. These mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> these four-letter <laughs> substances, Beetlejuice substances that they've yeah. been, you know, using and creating. Those aren't, you know, the, our, the our version or exposure to them are only the consumer end. As we all know, the military uses these products much more uh, and and greater in advance of time before we get to them. So the frontier of development of these artificial neural networks has to do with what's being developed in the military. So super soldiers that have, um, you know, for example, that have um, been that have lost body parts or, you know, they've been knocked out. They can, you know, technically, according to the science that I've been encountering and reading about, they actually can regenerate and emulate our own neural networks. They can... Uh, they can go into your brain and they can these these things can pass the blood brain barrier. They're so small that mm -hmm. they can actually enter your brain and they can begin to uh, form the exact same neural networks that we already have by displacing your own natural neural networks and emulating them with this artificial version of the neural network. Once they've done that, the next uh, feature or capability or, you know, that they have is that they can program you from the outside. They can send instructions to you. They can send voices, messages so that you think you're, you know, these, these can be military instructions 
they could be, you know, ideas, they could be, you know, and, and whatever they decide, whatever they want to work with, they can put that into the brain of these so-called super soldiers. And that's how they have these people that follow their instructions like automatons. What do many of the super soldiers say after they've woken out of their, you know, days? Right. They, they recall the voice. certain things, but many of their memories are blanked out because they just don't, they just, they know they were at some place, but they don't know what right. they were thinking. And this is totally right. in line with what we're learning about the Beetlejuice and what it does within our own neural networks. So that's one way yeah. you could say that, um, you know, th this ties into the super soldier thing. Now, you know, I don't know about the growing of limbs and all that stuff. I mean, technically, you know, they, they also say that there's something that they perfected called cloning and that they can transfer, you know, um, things into a clone. Uh, you know, but when I think about this technology that they're developing right now with the neural networks and the xenobots that are actually able to repair, you know, if they can send things into your bloodstream. And that's one of the selling points. Again, we talked about selling uh, that they can repair tissue and rebuild tissue. So we hear also stories of the super soldiers describing how they're they lost a limb, but it was grown back or whatever. So, I mean, do they really need clones? You know, in a way, clones already are obsolete. Yeah. So, mm, I mean, it makes yeah. you think about a lot of the stories that we've been, you know, exposed to over the last 10 or so years when more of these super soldiers come out. Even the stories, mm -hmm. I mean, going as far as those who say they were abducted by ETs and they had implants in them. And then they later right. had, you know, some doctor pull implants out of them. And, you know, right. and so I think about, wait a minute. Okay. We're supposed to believe that those ETs who abducted those people and put implants in them are an advanced civilization. Well, we're only about 20, 30 years beyond the point where we started reporting the abduction cases. And we've already developed technology which far surpasses chips or probes or whatever implants that these extraterrestrials apparently use. So whoever these extraterrestrials were or are, they're obviously way behind us technologically on that level because right. they wouldn't need to put implants in you they would just you know inject something in your blood and it would become whatever right. they needed they'd be miles they'd be light years ahead of where we are with mrna technology right it makes you wonder right. about how many of these stories are um you know psychological yeah. aspirations of people who have been yeah. you know they they look they're looking for an explanation what did they lean on of course the technological mm -hmm. state of things that they know from society around them rather than the truth right sorry and maybe i've just insulted a no, bunch of no no but you know i mean i have to ask myself that question and we've been doing a film about extraterrestrials and i asked that question to some of the people too and very few people gave me a really good answer to that yeah, and uh, I don't want to proffer fear, but, um, you know, there is a group of people who are on board with the small percentage that is controlling everything that, you know, are not so ethical, and if you are a targeted individual when you went in to get your gallbladder out, you know, it 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 is not out of the realm of possibility that, you know, somebody dropped a little implant in there. You know, it wasn't an alien. It it got put in there medically when something else was happening. 
And the other thing I wanted to talk about, because, you know, there's so many people, and it's calmed down a lot now, when it, but when it was first happening to so many people, you know, it was um, the, the, um, the brain technology that was hitting them, and people were all over the Internet saying, oh, my God, this is happening to me. You know, I'm seeing things, I'm feeling things, blah, blah, blah. and that's kind of calmed down a little bit. But I have to tell you, I was driving Pennsylvania from from West Virginia, and it it was still late afternoon, and I felt this force that I could not describe. And if I were not the incredibly strong person that I am, based on the hell that I've walked through, my eyes felt as if they were being pulled in two different directions. Wow. So, I'm a nurse. I'm a nurse, and I'm going. Am I having a stroke? You know, I didn't have any of the symptoms, and I'm trying to clear my vision so I could, you know, drive properly. And I stopped at I stopped at I don't know, you know, one of the convenience stores, and I got an aspirin in the event that I was having a stroke. And and it stayed that way. My eyes are being pulled in two different directions. So I'm driving along in the car. I'm going. God, God, can, can you help me out here? You know, I'm just trying to make myself, you know, feel light about it, um, knowing it's probably something, but I'll probably get through it. And then when I got to my destination, my friend was experiencing the same thing with her eyes. And I was not anywhere near, you know, her, my destination when that was happening. So I don't know what that is. I don't know if there are planned um, you know, planned energies like okay, let's let's target this part of Pennsylvania. You know, every week at this hour, or and then West Virginia here. You know, I don't know if that's happening, but it it sure felt it felt nefarious. It really did. Well, you know, you're opening um another topic actually in a way because I've been. You know, I, I've been working over here in, in Europe, and T Tanya and I together, actually, we're, we've done several shows with a German biophysicist, Dieter Burrs, and one of the things he does is he studies solar activity, and, and in particular, um, related to solar activity, um, you know, the, the whole um, planetary and ecosystem in a way, and one of the things that's part of that is called the Schumann Frequencies. Yeah. And the Schumann frequencies are tied to our, they're in resonance at a certain frequency, which is 8 hertz, which resonates with yeah. the human brain, with a particular part, part of the human brain. Uh, and if right. you look at what's been going on with the Schumann frequencies, I'll just put this up on the screen here. This is some just recent data time. that is showing us that the measuring devices that are used to read the Schumann frequencies and monitor them are going off the scale to the point where they're yeah. just, you know, they're just blowing out um, because yeah. they're not able to maintain reading energy levels as high as the ones that have been loading into the Schumann frequencies. And because, you know, how things are, when two things go into resonance, there's that famous, you know, opera singer with the yeah. crystal glass, you know, example, he sings exactly. with the same. And then it, the glass shatters, right? Well, our brains aren't that plastic. Our, our brains are much more plastic yeah. than a glass, so we will not yeah. shatter our brains, but we will be affected by um, by what's going on. And the other aspect to that, uh, what's going on in the Schumann frequency is 
CERN, and I've talked a lot about CERN too, because you can see yeah. here in some recent CERN data, when you see uh, these, you know, spikes here, uh, this is when they go with what they're calling, you know, basically instant luminosity, instantaneous luminosity. They're pushed, mm. they're firing CERN up here at, um, you know, at 6,799 gigavolts, right? Giga electron volts, mm. which is almost, you know, full capacity there. You know, each of these um, that they're these beams that they're firing up, I think they're 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 at basically maximum seventy five hundred. So they're you know fourteen tera electron volts, fourteen trillion electron volts is their maximum. So what we're seeing is that there um, seems to be a correlation between CERN being fired and somehow affecting because there there's a CERN operates with gigantic magnetic fields. And those magnetic fields and those energy charges and surges are bigger at CERN than they are in any other point on the planet. And we know that CERN often operates in conjunction with HARP and in conjunction with the um, with the Schumann frequencies. So is there a relationship between CERN and the Schumann frequencies? I mean, I'll leave that open. Uh, you know, I don't want to be uh, an, 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 sure. uh, you know, carrier or whatever. But I mean, there seems to be a lot of correlated evidence that it is. And the other thing that's happening is that right now the Earth's magnetosphere is diminishing. And the and we happen to be in a place in the cosmos where we're getting way more energy from um, the center of the galaxy than we've ever gotten in historic since history, recorded history. So it, this is another aspect of cosmic orchestration, which is, you could say, benevolent, which is another clue to how we may, you know, use this energy to rise into another state of consciousness, into what people call the fifth dimension or whatever they want to call it. But there is mm -hmm. evidence that our brains are locked into these energy fluxes from the center. But at the same time, they're messing with CERN. So it's no longer to be ruled out that when you have an experience like that, Nori, with your eyes and other people have different experiences. And I've had mm -hmm. some experiences recently where I felt extreme fatigue all of a sudden. And oh, I, you know, yeah. like, how am I going to get out of this state? I, I, I can hardly keep my eyes open at three in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, then and it's it's just you no longer to be ruled out that they're not experimenting with us uh, using the Schumann mm -hmm. frequencies tied into our brains and affecting our brains and our consciousness as well. So um, and then now I think about it like, OK, those periods pass. And then in the recent, you know, weeks, I've been full on, right? I've been on a speaking tour and it's like constant go, go, go. And it's like, you know, I'm cool. I'm fine. No problem. Right. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it fluctuates. So first of all, I would recommend never getting too emotionally involved in what you did, like by saying, hey, God, what's exactly. going on? It's probably the best thing you can do is to, to and I've been told by people that are psychic um, that, you know, hey, like, look, you know, what you should do is you've got all these helpers around you and in the spirit realm. And I'm like, well, I never see any of them. They're like, well, they're there. So if you need them, ask for help. <laughs> so I've started doing mm -hmm. that, even though I don't know, I can't see them and I can't rely on them, just like I can't rely on white hats. Um, but, yeah. you know, hey, why not say, look, if you guys are out there, you know, and you really do want to participate from your I mean, part of the dimension into ours, then I'm giving you permission. You can come in and you can organize things to make it easier to get rid of this or to protect me or to make something work in our favor. Um, so I think that's one of that's something we should also practice, whether it's true or not, because it, what does it hurt you to um, extend 
you know, you're an invitation to another dimensional being and say, hey, look, you know, if you're there, as you, if you're there for my highest good, and if you're there to to resonate with me and to work from your mm-hmm. side of the fence toward this evolutionary leap that we're about to make, then yeah, let's do it. Rock on, you know, bring that, bring it, you know, yeah. and, and do it. And, and if you <laughs> do that, and I'm sure you felt better once you did that too, because it, it has worked yeah. for me. It has actually delivered results. It, it does. And uh, honestly, the minute I open my eyes in the morning now, because the benefits have been noteworthy, uh, you know, I I invite them to help me, like just right from right from the beginning, you know, right from the beginning of my day, and um, and and it, like you said, it can't hurt. It can't hurt as as long as you're clear on who you're communicating with. Absolutely. Right. E point. And also, like, it was- important not to be obsessive with it. And my, like, I don't want to continue. Like, oh my God, am I going to win yeah. the? Ticket. please no. bring in oh am i gonna get fresh vegetables oh like oh my and it's like you can go overboard right just use it for the key Absolutely. things <laughs> you know like when you really have when you really need it you know and try to rely on yourself yeah. and everything else you know and but when it's really down to it and you're really having a hard time then yeah and that's how I, that's right. my personal rule i mean i can't yeah. force them on anybody else but i think no, that if i we, agree you know, we give it more value if we if we you know if we elevate its its assistance to tasks which are you know superhuman rather than dumb like you know, materialistic goals that you know <laughs> i want a new yeah, car right. can you make that new car happen and you know like yeah no <laughs> no and unless for, you need you a know, new for... car because you're going to go on a speaking tour to change the world that's different okay okay yes but even then we need to come at it from a place of power. We need to come at yeah. it from our own high vibration, not from a vibration of, you know, fear yeah. and begging and, you know, you know, oh, can, can you please help me this time? I mean, when literally when my eyes are being pulled into my temples, I'm like, all right, let's see what I can do here. You yeah. know, so I was jokingly, God, can you help me out here? And I'm closing one eye, you know, and did okay with that eye and tried the other okay that that eye was better you know it relieved some of the discomfort and i was able to safely get to my destination but you know in 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 time gone by that would have freaked me out and landed me in the emergency room and that's so unnecessary and my whole point is you know a lot of what we're talking about is um the powers that are trying to control us are looking to make us scared, just like the cryptocurrency, just like the GMO. And it's really, you know, incumbent upon us to you know, strap on our spiritual boots, strap on our unity, stay with like-minded people, you know, stay close with like-minded people, and really try and come from a place of power, no matter what we see coming down the line. Sorry, I got on a soapbox. I'm sorry. No, no, awesome. (laughs) No, I mean, I totally wholeheartedly agree. It's just we have to realize that we are creative beings. We're so powerful. And we've been told that we're dwarves when we're giants. You know, we're just, we just have all these abilities and we just need to embrace those. We are the, you know, we're the rulers of this earth, all of us together. We don't need rulers to tell us that, that they're the rulers and that we have to follow their rules. No, we are the ones that are in charge here. This is our planet. 
stop believing that you're in some, you know, that you're not part, you know, you're not the body and you're on a simulation. And it's like that stuff only takes you away from what you really do have. You know, you have this amazing body. And until you can walk through that wall, don't tell me about this is all just a simulation and I'm not, I'm not the body. And like, okay, great. Yeah. I mean, let's, you know, assume that we come from outside of time and space and rain our bodies into this physical matrix, but Hey, everyone wants to seemingly want to come here. And every and these uh, these transhumanists are seemingly wanting to take control over here and get rid of us. So there must be something to this. There must be something really yeah. valuable about being a human. And maybe it's that we are the rulers of this planet and not them. And so we have to take that power back, and we have to, you know, operate out of a place of being kings and queens of of consciousness of of this world that we are living in, and and we need to take possession of it. We can't put it outside yeah. of ourselves. We can't move into the metasphere, uh, metaverse. You know, we, you know, we, we got to stop believing these ideas of, of you know, multi-dimensional universes. It's all this stuff. You know where that comes from? The multiverse. You know, the quantum physics models and all that. And I'm a big embracer of this, you know, language and stuff, and was for a long time. But if you look deeper into it, you realize where it comes from is atheism and the idea that there is no creator. Because a multiverse mm. had to happen because, hey, there's no way our universe could be so fantastic, beautiful, and well-organized and such order in the universe around us. It's just impossible if there isn't a creator. Um, then the only way it is possible if there isn't a creator is that it keeps – there's a big bang – uh, in the cosmic foam, millions and billions and trillions of times, every single moment of time. And every one of those big bangs creates a new universe, and most of them are going to be a disaster. And eventually, in eternity, over multiple, multiple dimensions, one of those universes that is going to happen out of a big bang is going to be our universe, the one that's perfectly ordered. That's how they explain the heliospheric, heliocentric model of the universe. And it's the greatest yeah. conspiracy theory I've ever heard because it has an error, uh, a prone, it's prone to errors to the level of 10 to the power of 120. Now you do an experiment as a scientist where your margin of error in proving your thesis is off by 10 to the power of 120. What do you do? You throw that model away, right? I mean, if you're off by a factor of five, you know, it might still be doable. You can rearrange your experimental parameters to make the experiment work. But 10 to the power of 120? Sorry, man. I can't follow it, right? So, But because the academic world has been dominated and taken over by people that are proponents of this heliocentric view, you know, we go and study and we learn their language and we don't even question that there might be another version like the electric universe, for example, that talks more about consciousness mm-hmm. and how fractal everything is and why the same patterns keep coming up again and again. And why, how is it possible that we're finding galaxies that are way out there that are coming toward us if the Big Bang is moving outward? I mean, all these problems that they have, right, that they come up with another solution for in the heliocentric model to add to the one, another zero to the negative, uh, to 10 to the power of 120, simply to hold mm-hmm. on to the idea of there is no creator. There cannot be a creator. There cannot be a soul. There cannot be a spirit. So we have to, you know, mm-hmm. ditch that stuff and realize, yes, no, we are creators and we're very powerful and we need to take control and charge of our universe. And that's the solution. That's how to get out. And we need to say no, no to yeah. the digital world, no to the transhumanism, 
you know, the, the strong artificial intelligence, which is the one I think you talked about in the very beginning, uh, get, was, you know, the one that's the danger, right? The strong intelligence is the one that's going to wipe out even the, you know, the developers and scientists in artificial intelligence are warning us that artificial intelligence will lead to the extinction of the human race. Well, it's strong artificial intelligence. So we need to say, no, there's got to be a kill switch to the uh, an artificial intelligence that's doing this. We have to be in charge and we have to learn how to figure out a way to bring artificial intelligence symbiotically, excuse me, into uh, to work side by side with us, not to dominate our world and to step into yeah. a silicon world and and sell us short of what we really are as human um, consciousness. And that's job. That's our job. And many of us are laying down on that job. We really need to start doing more. And that involves both uh, Joe Blow and Harry Ho handled down the street. They need to come off the couch and start doing something too. But by golly, we are out of time. Hey, we are. This was great. Great, great, great. Well, well, it's been us. been good. It, you know, it started off kind of. Oh yeah, I wanted to say something when you were saying about my bio <laughs> that I'm an American. Well, I'm I've adopted Americanism to my you know my being, but I'm actually not American. I'm actually Canadian. <laughs> so yeah. you know, so you have it on on the record for next time. Um, uh-huh. You know, and and uh, you know, but I'm a universal citizen. So you know, I'm now in Germany. I've lived in America. I've lived in Canada. I've lived in other countries. It's yeah. uh, highly recommended to anybody to maybe move out of America and go try living someplace else just to get a new perspective on how much brainwashing all of you are subjected to over there. You always make fun of the Russians, right? It's all the Russians and stuff, but who are brainwashing their people. Well, I mean, uh, being outside of the American bubble, I can tell you, you guys are subjected to a lot of brainwashing and you may want to take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good that's a yeah. very good note to end on. Very good note to end on. Frank, thank you so much. You have got to come back in the very not too distant future and, and update us because things are changing so quickly. And thank you for what you do. Thank you for, you know, being out on the on the speaking circuit and helping to awaken those that are willing to awaken because let's face it not everybody is willing so thank you so much and augie you want to take us out yeah and uh, tell us one more time where people can uh, find your publications and what you do okay thanks again yeah um the best easiest place to find me is my name frank jacob which you know dot com um so frank with a k jacob with a c and you should have uh, links at the top of that website that lead you to my YouTube yeah. channel. And um, if you are interested in something I did last year called the Tale of Two Timelines webinar, you'd find a link to it there. Um, and anything else, like you can reach you know, out to me. There's a contact form on that website if you if you want to impart some messages, important information to me. I'm reachable. Uh, so that would be the easiest way. And I'm, I'm, as you said, I'm going to be speaking at the alien event in Las Vegas between the September 14th and 17th. Um, so maybe cool. we can, you know, I'll give you a link or something. You can put that below. So if people want to get tickets or something and, yes. uh, and they get that link, then I might actually benefit from it too. Cause I think I'm supposed to get a certain amount of people there to offset my expenses. I've got to put it out of my own pocket to go there. Um, yeah. And that's about it i think for now <laughs> that sounds good all right and folks wonderful 
go and watch that movie, Packing for Mars. You are really going to mm-hmm. like it. I'm doing hey. that right now. Thank you, thank yeah, you. Links to those uh, films are also on my website, by the way. We have Solar Revolution, Packing for Mars, Klaus Donner Chronicles. They're the yeah. antidote to the dumbing down of society. Good starting points, anyway. Sounds good. Really nice. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody in the chat room. Yep, thank you on the replay. We love you so much, and we'll see you Friday. Join us Friday, 7.30 p.m. for the grit and glory of Ascension Symptoms. See you then, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.